jaw would ache while trying to resist the urge to punch them in the face and shout, Bugger off! I'd resigned myself to a future of IVF appointments fitted in around work, then working even more in what spare time I had to keep up. I had to keep going to stop myself from thinking too much and to maintain the lifestyle I thought I wanted, that I thought we needed. My other half was also feeling the strain and would come home furious with the world most nights. He'd rant about bad drivers or the rush-hour traffic he'd endured on his ninety-minute commute to and from work, before collapsing on the sofa and falling into a Top Gear-slash-trash-TV coma until bed. My husband is a serious-looking blonde chap with a hint of the physics teacher about him, who once auditioned to be the Milky Bar kid. He didn't have a TV growing up, so wasn't entirely sure what a Milky Bar was, but his parents had seen an ad in The Guardian and thought it sounded wholesome. Another albino-esque child got the part in the end, but he remembers the day fondly as the first time he got to play with a handheld Nintendo that another hopeful had brought along. He also got to eat as much chocolate as he liked, something else not normally allowed. His parents eschewed many such new-fangled gadgets and foodstuffs, bestowing on him instead a childhood of classical music, museum visits, and long, bracing walks. I can only begin to imagine their disappointment when, aged eight, he announced that his favourite book was the Argos catalogue, a weighty tome that he would sit with happily for hours on end, circling various consumer electronics and Lego sets he wanted. This should have been an early indicator of what was in store. He came along at a time in my life when I had just about given up hope. 2008, to be exact. My previous boyfriend had dumped me at a wedding, really, and the last date I'd been on was with a man who'd invited me round for dinner before getting caught up watching football on TV and so forgetting to buy any food. He said he'd order me a Domino's pizza instead. I told him not to bother. So when I met my husband-to-be and he offered to cook, I wasn't expecting much. But supper went surprisingly well. He was clever and funny and kind, and there were ramekins involved. My mother, when I informed her of this last fact, was very impressed, That's the sign of a very well-brought-up young man, she told me, to own a set of ramekins, let alone to know what to do with them. I married him three years later, mostly because he made me laugh, ate my experimental cooking, and didn't complain when I mind-swept the house for sweets. He could also be incredibly irritating, losing keys, wallet, phone, or all of the above on a daily basis, and having an apparent inability to arrive anywhere on time, and an infuriating habit of spending half an hour in the loo. Are you redecorating in there? But we were all right. We had a life together. And despite the hospital visits and low-level despair slash exhaustion slash viruses slash financial worries at the end of each month, due to having spent too much at the start of each month, we loved each other. I'd imagined a life for us where we'd probably move out of London in a few years' time, work, see friends, go on holidays, then retire— I envisaged seeing out my days as the British version of Jessica Fletcher from Murder, she wrote, writing and solving sanitised crime, followed by a nice cup of tea and a laugh to credits ending. My fantasy retirement was going to rock. But when I shared this vision with my husband, he didn't seem too keen. That's it, was his response. Everyone does that. Were you not listening, I tried again, to the part about Jessica Fletcher? He began to imply that Murder, she wrote, was a work of fiction, to which I scoffed and said that next he'd be telling me that unicorns weren't real. Then he stopped me in my tracks, 
by announcing that he really wanted to live overseas someday. Overseas? I checked I'd got this bit right. As in, not in this country, not near our seas? Yes. Oh. I'm not someone who relishes adventure, having had more than my fair share of it growing up and in my twenties. Nowadays, I crave stability. When the prospect of doing anything daring is dangled in front of me, I have a tendency to weld myself to my comfort zone. I'm even scared of going off-piste on a menu. But my husband, it seemed, wanted more. This frightened me, making me worry that I wasn't enough for him, and the seed of doubt was planted. Then, one wet Wednesday evening, he told me he'd been approached about a new job, in a whole other country. What? When did this happen? I demanded, suspicious that he'd been applying for things on the sly. Just this morning, he said, showing me an email that had...